On this episode of Sandlot Sports, we talk about how the Milwaukee Bucks are able to close out the Phoenix Suns to win their first NBA championship in over 40 years. We talk about old school basketball, the upcoming Olympics, uh, college football, and yes, even the upcoming NFL season. Right. Yeah. And then that's where something like what BJ was talking about for Lake and Sumter County to have a, an organization for kids to go to so they can be tutored, not only just the academic side, but also how to work the business of sports, how to improve yourself, and how to work the system in your favor so right. that you can be a better person going forward. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to Sandlot Sports. I am Adam Capison. I'm here with Dorian Cody. Good day, Govna. And BJ Thomas. How are you going to make history in a dick? <laughs> well, if you are a dick, you can make history in a dick. Yeah, but like, I mean, if we're going to be the first in something, did we not have to make it a dick? Like, well, could, you made it look more, could you make it more rocket-like? Well, into like, I don't know, he went further than Branson did. <laughs> maybe that's what he wanted to do. Maybe, maybe they, you know, was like, hey, you know what? Let's shake, the, you know, let's uh, shake shit up a bit. Maybe we should make it as a dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, I, I, have a, I have a theory as to how this happened, okay? He probably went up to some architect and went, oh, look, I need a space shuttle, you know, space rocket that's going to get me to space. And the architect went, okay, you know, here's all the, the calculations for it. And Mr. Bezos, what do you want to shape that as? I don't know. Uh, fuck off. I'm not going to pay you. But, oh, if you're not going to pay me, it's going to look like a giant dick. Uh, <laughs> you might be on the top there. <laughs> There's probably guys with like triple doctorates, and triple master's degrees sitting at the, the, the launch platform going, that looks like a fucking dick. <laughs> well, see, and, and here's here's the best part about that is, is guys don't mature past potty training. So no, when... hell no. <laughs> no. That's probably why that rocket shaped like that. <laughs> like, ah, dick. God. So, now, now, Dorian, you, you mentioned something, you know, hey, no one's talking about that. You know what else no one was talking about this time last week? Okay. JaVel McGee on Team USA. No, I was yeah. talking about it last week. That's right. Y'all heard it here first. Yep. That is true. Defense and rebounding and mm-hmm. surrounded by superstars, they should win now. Like, if yes. JaVel can stay healthy and just be JaVel McGee, they should yeah. be all right. Yeah. You know, I think he's underrated as a shot blocker. No, that's why I thought him. I don't think yeah. he's underrated at all as a shot blocker. I think yeah, that his. Other personalities have kind of uh, drawn away from his ability as a basketball player. Well, and that, that's it's just like him and J.R. Smith. You know, they're knuckleheads. So what they do contribute on the court, it gets overshadowed by just being complete knuckleheads. Yeah, but yeah. JaVel, JaVel McGee's a lovable, goofy knucklehead, whereas J.R. is like a I throw one of, fucking throw knucklehead. You. <laughs> JR, <laughs> JR, like here, like JaVale's a physical comedian and uh, JR likes to make all the mental mistakes. Like he's the dumbass. You know what I'm saying? Like J- JaVale McGee might not catch a pass in the post and fumble it out of bounds and we all giggle. Yeah. JR Smith has no idea how much time's on the clock in the final. <laughs> like, you see what I'm saying? Like, Grabs a rebound, dribble out, yeah, and then stares at LeBron like, "Huh? What? You wanted me to do what?" <laughs> the look LeBron, LeBron gave him was priceless. Like, like well, I, I can't say what I think that he probably thought. Yeah, you mama. can. Like, oh, he said, oh, he said, "You dumb motherfucker." <laughs> nah, I think he said uh, another word. But oh, really? Yeah, but just like the the image that he gave, like the the vision of him looking at uh, Jr. Like, you can't be this stupid, bro. Like, you can't well, be this stupid. That's why the NFT for that went for hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> NBA top top shot, you know, LeBron just staring at JR like, what? What are you doing? This was my one chance. (laughs) Exactly. Because even if you play basketball, right? Like you, okay, if you get offensive rebound, normally you're going to take it back up. 
like you would get the offensive rebound, probably pump fake, you know, shoot it or whatnot. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's at some point when there's they're lining up for the for the free throw, you should probably look up and go, okay, that's the score. That's how much time's left. Okay, this is what I'm gonna do if I catch the ball. They just had a dead ball, if I'm not correct. Am I I correct? Like there was a dead ball possession, then that happened, correct? Yeah. So during dead ball, you go over that situation. How many timeouts do I have? The Chris Weber rule. Then you can look at the shot clock, look at the game clock. You iron all this out. I mean, that's on Ty as much as anything. Now, if JR doesn't listen to him, then then so be it. But you got to go, okay, guys, if he misses it, this is what we're going to do. And what you do is you you do the the four guys that are in the huddle and you have the shooter off to the side because you don't want the shooter to hear, well, if I miss it, because you want him to think he's going to make it. So you do all the four guys and go, okay, well, when he misses this, this is what you're going to do. And you go to the shooter and give him as much props as you you can to make make sure he makes it. And you don't have JR effort up. What irks me more than anything is if I'm Ty Lue, this isn't a rookie. This isn't a second or third year player. This guy's been around for I don't know, 13 years at that point. Yeah. Like yep. tighten up, Buttercup. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I know BJ's back there trying to watch game six now. Um, Milwaukee's winning tonight. I'm I'm putting money down now. Milwaukee's winning tonight. This show is not going to do predictions and ruin people's fandom. We're not going to do this. We just talked <laughs> we talked about this at the end of the show last year. The only one that I'm predicting are Redskins games, Eagles games, Giants games. That's it. <laughs> and I say that I say that all three are going on. Hey, this is the Washington Sentinels until <laughs> further notice. <laughs> No, but, Should be um, the Washington smallpox blankets. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna, um, watching uh, Drew Holiday play defense on Chris Paul is actually pretty damn good. Yeah, like he's doing a great job standing in front of him, contesting shots when he shoots it. Like I see why Chris Paul is having a difficult time because again, Chris Paul is what six foot. I think he's Drew Holiday. I think he's six three, so he's a couple yeah, inches yeah, bigger. Yeah, he's six, six, four, well, and, right. And he's Paul has athletic. always had issues right. with bigger guards. Right. Whenever he's defended by a bigger guard, he's always had issues with them. So I think that that alone has like stopped the momentum or or put a hesitance on it when it comes to the Phoenix Suns because now. Uh, because it was last series, Chris Paul pretty much did whatever he, uh, he wanted in the Western Conference Finals. But now, like, the presence of Drew Holiday standing in front of him, and on top of that, too, if you notice, when they try to switch, um, when, when they do the pick and rolls, Drew Holiday's doing an excellent job getting through those switches and, like, staying in his, in his grill and whatnot. So, he's I think big body. Like, mm-hmm. You know, he's just, he's basically could be a shooting guard. Yeah. And he's similarly, similarly athletic, Paul, maybe mm-hmm. even more athletic than Chris Paul. He's, he's, I would say he's more athletic now yeah, so, than Chris Paul now. So I'll tell you one thing from playing a lot of basketball. If somebody is bigger than you and more athletic than you, you are in for a long day. Oh, yes. yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You better get I, your I, elbows out. Yeah, exactly. Some space. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Man, I remember um, playing high school basketball, and I had to guard Orion Green. I don't know if you guys remember Orion Green. He played He played for University of Florida, ended up playing for the Boston yeah. Celtics. Dude, this guy was like, again, I'm like six foot, well, six foot, six foot and a half. Orion Green is a legit six five. More athletic than me. I mean, he's a better player than I am. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm in for long a long day. game. Long day. <laughs> long I was like, don't even pass me the ball. Don't and pass me the ball. That's why I <laughs> admire who have people who have that, like, stupid confidence. Where <laughs> they are Smith for the world. Their, their brains and their bodies just can't comprehend that they could lose this situation. <laughs> like, I'm too much of a realist. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to play a lot of defense today. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. Defense. Oh. Just focus on defense. Get the ball. That's all you can do. Exactly. I was going to rebound and give the ball to either Jet, Beffert, or Tyrell. Let them do their thing. Somebody who's not covered by a future NBA player. Exactly. (laughs) 
And then he finally got us like, this motherfucker ain't doing nothing. Let me guard him. Yeah, great. Yeah. Good now, job, he's help, now he's helping off of you like Ben Simmons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, Screw this dude. I'm, I'm going to guard somebody else. Boring. Exactly. Great. Oh, you and, do now you, and now you haven't taken a shot the whole game. So when you do get a shot, you're wide open. You ain't going to hit it. Yeah, you're going to be in your own head. <laughs> exactly. But yes, yeah, so, uh, but AK, you might be on to something, man. I think, um, you know, well, that was a bad shot. One well, wasn't a bad shot. He was open. But I mean, if the Bucks hit their shots, man, they should they should pull it out. But see, the, the problem with this series, it, it's been a collection of really good games mm-hmm. and, and especially in really good moments. Because right. like the, that Giannis block in game four is going to go down as one of the key biggest plays in NBA Finals history. And then and the dunking, steal. dunking on Chris Paul while he tried to take his legs out from under him. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. just that was stupid by Paul. And that goes yeah. back to that. But you know, right before then the the steal by I believe it was Holiday. Yeah. You holiday. Yeah. yeah. I you have know, no sympathy for low fouls in here. No sympathy at all. No. If you, if, you can if end the, somebody's career. Yeah, if the guy comes down and wants to fight, so be like that's his yeah. that's his right after yeah. that. Absolutely. If Giannis had slapped him in the next month, I'd have been like, well, he asked for it. Like yeah, exactly. Ugh. And and the thing about the Paul foul is it pretty much cost them any chance of the game because had he just let Giannis dunk it, he, they would have been it would have been a three point game and they've got some three point shooters with that foul. Now, granted, it's Giannis, so it's a 50 50 shot that he'll make the free throw. You it's a four point game and the game's over. What scares me, excuse my hiccup. What scares me more than anything is what if he hadn't been able to grab that rim? Yeah. What if he was just like one of those fingertip dunks that Blake Griffin does when he's stretched out? Yeah, and he hadn't grabbed that rim, and Chris Paul pushed him in his waist. We're talking. Completely we're talking. He's out. Could, he's out for the rest of the series. Well, he yeah. could be injured, or it could be suspensions for fights. Like those. Yeah. Those are two real possibilities out of that situation. I hate those Absolutely. low fouls high. I mean, in Absolutely. the streets, like it playing street ball or pickup basketball, whatever you want to call it. But that's fighting situation because I gotta oh, yeah. go to I gotta go to work this week. You yeah, know, right. like it's different. Like, I don't get paid for this shit. There's no insurance Absolutely. for this shit. Absolutely. Well, yes, you're an American. There's no insurance at all, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you got that dick was... rockets, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, hey, check this out, though. So I was um I was listening to a stat, and they were saying that Giannis he's been to the line this series 66 times. Second okay. to that is uh Booker with I think Booker had 36. Has he been to the oh. line? 36 times. Who attacks the basket harder than Giannis? Nobody. Yeah. So well, that that should Russell that, Westbrook can. Well, he's not, he's not here. He's right, not here. Right. Right. But, right. Well, in the NBA period, there's only like right. one or two guys that goes like he goes. Right. So yeah, like that man will go right down the middle through people and try to dunk on everybody. So mm-hmm. there should be a free throw disparity just based on the way he plays. Should right. it be 30 shots? I don't know. Yeah. 30, <laughs> 30 shots over five games. Ugh, that's tough yeah. to say. But like he attacks the basket, man. Yeah. Ever since we were ever since we were younger, if you attack the basket, it will pay off for you. You know, and, and that's the thing is if you're aggressive, it will go to you. Yeah. And if you take it to the other team, eventually the refs will just go, here you go. And you see it in every sport. You see it in basketball. You see it in football. You see it in hockey. Most of the time, the, the most aggressive team wins. Not to mention he, he's one of the three best players in the league right now, probably. Yeah. So he's good, prone to get those calls too. So between the style of play and him being a superstar, six shots a game sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. And you figure, okay, so it's five games, 60, 66 shots. You know, that's what, 13 free throws a game? Mm-hmm. 
That's, I mean, that's not that bad. I mean, Shaq, when he was in the finals, was averaging, what, 14, 15 free throws a game? You're, yeah, I was counting the make. I was cutting that. Just, I was figuring, like, he's probably going to hit six of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what so, I mean? Like, yeah, if he, hits, if he shoots 13. Uh, yeah, he's probably going to hit six of them. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a lot of attempts, though. Yeah. I don't know. The the NBA refing situation is notoriously sketchy anyways. That's true. I so mean, is it fair to say that free throws are overrated in the NBA? Uh, no. No, I don't think so. I mean, they're free, I think, they're free throws. Like, you don't you get them for nothing. And, like, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? I, like, I think I, they're devalued. I don't think they're yeah. overrated. Yeah, because it keeps people out of games. Keeps yeah. Ben Simmons out of games. Keeps DeAndre Jordan out of games. I mean, you're right. We're talking about Ben Simmons not really having an NBA career after this. If he can't fix his – if he cannot fix himself, he will be done in one year. Ben, give me 20 grand. I'll work with you for a couple of weeks. You don't have to tell anybody it was me. Let's get this done. <laughs> Let's get this done. Actually, I really want to see him like succeed, man. Because he's been, uh, he's oh uh, man, the, the the shit that you see online, man. Like again, I don't know if it's a legend or not, but things are coming out of the Philadelphia camp, and if it's coming from the staff, I think that's screwed up for them to do that. But they're saying like like he doesn't take practice seriously, which. Like, like how, I don't know. I've always been the type of person where like the only way that you can't take practice seriously is if you're like not trying, right? Is he really not trying in these practices? Or is he not listening? Thanks. You know, cause that's the thing. I'm sure he's trying hard, you know, when, when the ball's in action, but is he not listening to the shooting coach? Is he not taking their advice correctly? You know, at, at this point, he should, he should just do the Rick Barry underhand shot. Yeah. I mean, I know he'll look like a punk, but they'll go in. They'll go in, right? Can't look like a punk, though. Scratch that idea. You know what's going to look like a punk <laughs> when you're in the G League? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to hit rock bottom before you change. Well, yeah. just jump off the cliff, <laughs> get it over with. You want him to just be, you know, Ricky and Keel and just completely change what position he plays and just be done? I don't know. Because you, you said yeah. it right a couple weeks ago. He's got the yips. Well, you can't go from guard to power forward just overnight. I don't think. I don't think you just do that overnight. No, he'd be a point forward like he is now. With just he is now. I mean, that's all he is, though. Yeah. He's no threat. Yeah. We just right. talked about this. Once Orion Green decided you were no threat, he went to fuck the game up another way. Right. <laughs> like, like, so, so like, like, if you're not a threat, an NBA player will go find a way to disrupt the game in other ways. Yeah. And that's what they do. Yeah. They go mess with Embiid, and yeah. they make his post post play much harder than it yeah. should be. Like when when Shaq got Penny, that was a relief. That yeah. took so much pressure off of Shaq. Now all yeah. he had to do is be huge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because he didn't have to worry. Even at, you got Penny and Dennis Scott. That's all he needed. Right. I mean, it keeps that whole defense off him, and now he's unstoppable. He was yeah. anyways, but now he's like they don't even get help. And right. the, and there's a reason why. The, the Dwight Howard team was just Dwight and a bunch of shooters because mm-hmm. they couldn't help. They right. could not help down low. Plus he had no offense. He had no moves whatsoever. No. So if anybody came down and swiped at that ball, it was going to be a problem. Yeah. yeah. And that Man, team made the ex- finals. How exposed was Dwight when he left? Holy shit. Ooh. Like if the team is not perfectly built around you, you are average. Yeah. Well, and, and let me ask you this. Who won that trade? Did Denver win that trade or did Orlando win that trade? <sighs> I mm. <laughs> well, it wasn't Orlando because Orlando still suffering from that trade. Orlando still suffering from that trade. Orlando still suffering from that coaching. W- would they have been better had they kept Dwight? They'd been better if they kept Stan Van Gundy. Well, that that's true, but that's not what I asked. Well, mm. you, I answered because if Stan stayed, Dwight was gone. Fair enough. 
So they should have kept staying and let Dwight go. But who would have got? Who would have if they've gotten? What's that? I said, who do you think they would have gotten in return? Because I think that is it part of the reason why the trade happened the way it did. Because it doesn't matter. You fed into his diva tendencies and you turned him into this monster by allowing him to have that power over Stan. Well, he was already a diva before that trade. Right, but you've magnified it now. You've validated it by giving him power over Stan. Whereas Stan put the system in place to make him the most successful he's ever been in his basketball career and the most successful he ever will be. So I think Stan got the shaft in that deal. I was never happy with that fire. I'm not happy that Stan was fired in New Orleans. Nope. I, th- I thought that was going to be good for Zion because I figured oh, yeah. he'd take the same approach. How can I make Zion the best he could possibly be and build okay. a team around him? It was one season, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I did not like that. No. And you know, Stan, Stan's, not, Stan's not one of those yes-men to management, though, so that could have been a real problem. But Stan's been screwed over pretty much everywhere he's gone. He got screwed over in Miami. He got screwed over in Orlando. He got screwed over in New Orleans. Uh, you know, sometimes you start to wonder, is it you? Because you're right. He does rub people the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? There's a lot of people in this world that also like having their ass kicked, kissed, and they don't know how to operate when it's not being kissed. This is true. Most of them are extremely rich billionaires who own NBA teams like toys. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's worse than that. There's people worth a couple hundred thousand dollars that are pieces of shit like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Trust Money me, doesn't I, make you a piece of shit. It, it, I know. it amplifies your piece of the shit. <laughs> Magnifies the shit. Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh. Expose it pulls the layers off and exposes it. Yes. Yeah. No, not not a big fan of that that mentality where I don't know how to operate when somebody's not kissing my ass. And th- I think that's what Stan Van Gundy deals with. He's just not a yes man. And that's a harder road. That's all there is to it. Yeah. But I, I will say that the the gentleman in Phoenix probably the best coach in the league whether Stan Van is coaching or not Ooh, some of those audio clips have been coming out of Monty Williams jeez yeah make you want to run through a wall for that guy that's how you coach up a team yeah Absolutely. that's how you motivate a team yeah call me a piece of shit I told you all this Wednesday that that doesn't cut no that's not gonna cut it people are different now you could yell at World War II vets kids like that yeah well you know why because <laughs> they didn't know any different because that's what dad did yeah they they that's... didn't know any different it was just the way way things were now that we've learned hey look there's other ways to cope with things there's other ways to to get a, get things across the yelling cursing shit that doesn't work anymore and i think it, that's it, where go ahead i just remember being a shock to me in football with one of our classmates fathers was my football coach he'd come to come there drunk and he would just rag on his kid pick your fucking knees up it was so crazy yeah. watch him like screaming and spitting slap drunk <laughs> in the middle of, of a bunch of uh 11 year olds like it's just so crazy, it was so crazy. <laughs> yeah but I think that's where, as a society, we we failed because you've got one segment of society that has learned different ways of coping, different different ways of helping out in a situation, different ways of getting their point across to others when there is conflict. And then you've got the other portion of society that just yells and screams and cusses. And the, the second part just doesn't work anymore. We've progressed past the calling me a piece of shit. You call me a piece of shit, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to yeah. completely tune you out, whether I physically leave or not. Really? You're not going to stay there for the following discussion? Because I am. <laughs> I, I want to have this discussion. Let's let's dig deep into each other and see who comes out uh, on top. That's what I want to know. Let's find Dude, out. I got three kids, another one on the way. I ain't got time for your well, bullshit. Shit. Somebody <laughs> calls you a piece of shit, give me a call. I got some free time. I'll come back. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> so what's the fuck's up with you, bud? 
Oh shit! I love these conversations. That's why I, I never get people that you know. Well, you know, I, I I hate this group of people. I hate that group of people. How do you have time to hate that many people? Yeah, groups. No, individuals. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I got time to hate groups. That's a lot of generalization. Baby just has a list of people he hates. I like. Yeah, I like to pinpoint my hate. I like to <laughs> focus it. Into a laser focus. Focus it to the tip of a spear. <laughs> yeah. No, hey. I don't. I don't, I don't like hating groups of people for no reason. And that's, you know that's what? one of the reasons uh, 2016 I was having such a problem with the election. It's because I felt like they were trying to make, make me hate massive amounts of people for no fucking reason. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I, I think I know somebody that's on your hate list. Oh, come there, on. There was a gentleman in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I might have earlier when we were talking about Nick Saban. I can't remember him ever coming out against paying players. So yeah, I might be right. wrong with Nick, but you can't tell me these other guys like Dabo Sweeney and shit aren't going to oh, start yeah. aren't going to start using the income of these players to recruit to Clemson. Oh, 100%. We all know a Clemson 100%. football player is going to make way more than an Idaho Cowboys. Oh, this whole name, image, and likeness thing, while I completely agree with it, and just want to put that out there, completely agree, the players should be able to make money off their name, image, and likeness. It's going to completely kill the group of five. Teams like UCF, Boise State, they're, they're done. And then in the next five years, they will not exist in football. They, they will be completely irrelevant because there is no way in hell that you know somebody from UCF, unless – they're really good at Disney is going to be able to make the kind of money that somebody at Oklahoma state with T boom Pickens can pay. Then why did we put this all in a pile and split it between all players? That's what I was suggesting way back when, yeah, if you want to do it, na- name image and likeness, you take the TV money and you split it across all the players or let them all do endorsements and let that all go into one account too. But then, you yeah. know, that's going to open itself to somebody fucking the kids out of that money too. Oh yeah. And and again, I have no issue with the kids doing whatever they're doing. They, they are putting their bodies on the line, whether it's on the football field or working, whatever they are doing, what they need to do to make as much money as they possibly can. We, we all would have done the same thing. Absolutely. But there's just deeper pockets in these bigger schools. Well, and I mean, the bigger schools are on TV more. So they're more, those, those kids are more valuable. As terrible oh, yeah. as that's to say, it's just true. Yeah. I mean, you got you got the, the kid, the starting QB at Alabama, probably going to sign a seven-figure deal. And he's going to be absolutely fucking shit when he hits the NFL. Yeah. Garbage. Mm-hmm. He's going to make the most money he's ever made in his life in um, amateur athletics. And I don't I don't blame him at all. No, he knows he has no chance in the NFL. No. To Alabama. No. Mm-hmm. But whoever is the starting quarterback at Clemson is this year, whoever the starting quarterback at USC is, whoever the starting running back at Ohio State, oh. they, they should get paid at now and in the NFL. It's just, it's, and again, when we, when we were that age, if we were doing something that someone was like, hey, you were really good at this. I'm going to give you money because you're really good at this. And we're like, okay, cool. Right. And, and if someone <laughs> says, hey, I'm going to give you $20,000 to come to Mississippi State, I'm not, I'm not going to go, no, thank you. I'm going to go to Auburn. <laughs> yeah. No. And like, I'm worried about the kids at Notre Dame. Mm. Why? You think they're gonna catch fire from sinning? They're gonna find a way to make it tax free. No, because it's not the school that's paying them. Watch, yeah. watch. You, their their whole life is tax free money. Yeah, a school like Notre Dame, they'll find a way to where, hey, if you come here and if you any money off of your likeness, Notre Dame gets a percentage of it because, hey, we're bringing you here, so you yeah. know we're the most boosting. the most arrogant team in all of college sports. <laughs> you got to be arrogant. You, uh, if it took you what? What thirty years, even longer than that, to belong to a conference? They're, they're not they don't even belong the to the conference. They're only they a got conference. one foot in. Yeah, 
they're they're in a conference in every other sport but football, and they right. they're kind of like teasing the ACC. Yeah, they play a couple games, a few games in the ACC in football a year. Five, five games five. in the ACC. One yep. foot in, one foot out. But in and basketball, they're in the ACC. They're they're in the ACC. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but here's the best part, though. All that money from NBC goes straight to Notre Dame. That's why they won't join a conference. So until. Yeah, as long as that deal exists, <laughs> Notre Dame will not be in a conference because they make more from that deal than they would from making the playoff. And honestly, they probably, unless things change, they probably won't make the playoffs for another 10 years. And not just because they won't be good, but because when they get there, they get embarrassed and pe- people are like, no, I don't, I don't want that. That's going to hurt my rating numbers. Don't like but, Notre Dame. Thumbs down. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I'm done. I don't like talking about them. So BJ, you said that the, the, they're the most arrogant team in football. Well, who's the second most arrogant team? Because I'm sure it's the the team over here to my to my right. Are you sure? <laughs> I was thinking it was. The, I think it was the team over the other side. <laughs> <laughs> they act like it's the '90s, but it's definitely not the '90s anymore. Shit, they act like it's the '60s. Yeah, it's definitely not that. <laughs> Kennedy has been gone for quite some time, guys. Move on. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It could be a. Uh, it's. it's Either of those two behind your USC tied for second. Okay. What, what about Dorian's have, U? What's that? What about Dorian's University of Miami? Oh, I don't like Every year is a year, I right? I don't want to get shot by anybody. I'm not talking about the University of Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are some, there, there are some diehard uh, Hurricane fans out there. Where they, they take Let's talk about the players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, too. Jeez. No. I'll call Brandon Spike, solve all that shit. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, bro. We, we, I mean, the, the, you had a couple of Brandon Spikes on their team. A lot of them did, didn't. Did get anybody food. from Miami shoot an AK 47 into an occupied dwelling and play, <laughs> no. and play two weeks later? <laughs> no. Thank you. Was that under Urban Meyer? I will call Brandon. Of course Spikes. it was. Oh, I will yeah, Twitter Brandon, Brandon Spikes. <laughs> Well, who who was the, the the defensive lineman under Meyer that fell asleep in the middle of an intersection? Um, I don't know why you're impressed with that. That's Lake County shit. I, I, got, <laughs> I, I got people. I got people on my friends list that got arrested. <laughs> I think he played that following week though. Defensive lineman. It wasn't. Um, who was it? Okay, I'm trying to think of their defense. Was that last year? Urban Urban was there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah. when he realized yeah. everything's a problem, and I got. Get out of here. Yeah, and that's when he wanted to spend more time with his family. And then he realized his family was boring. Now I gotta look it up, see who that is. It's on the tip of my brain here. Carlos Dunlap. Carlos arrested Dunlap. arrested for falling asleep drunk at a red light. That's who it was. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. That sounds like the exact words of a friend that was telling me a story. <laughs> Fell asleep at the intersection of Main Street in 27. <laughs> Proud of it. <laughs> yeah, he was telling me like it was an accomplishment. I'm like, so you took some pills and drank and you passed out of this intersection. He's like, Yep. I'm like, all right, yeah. Like, that's that Lake County level up. He probably heard the Mario Brothers coin sound when that happened. Yes, I'm the next level of Lake County. Now I, now I need to have two children out of wedlock. Maybe take out some teeth. No, so surprisingly, a lot of people around here have their teeth. Oh, yes. Hey, doc, Dr. Wood's been in business for a long time. Well, it's probably because they can't afford the foods that get, knock your teeth out. <laughs> hey, opioids do not make your teeth fall out. What? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that's wrong. I'm pretty sure opioids will rot your whole face out. Anything opioid-based, <laughs> heroin, all that shit, rot your whole face out. That's why you get that sunken in face. Looks like you've been sucking for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah, whole whole middle of the face just punched in. Trust me, man. You walk in some gas stations right here, like, God damn it. 
<laughs> yeah, there was a reason why we when we come to visit, we don't really stop. You go see my grandmother in Leesburg off of Salt Street, and then we just keep going. It's not, but you're making it too bad. It's not South Central. Um, in the '90s, what it is is it's like a a live museum where you can like, you know what I mean? Like you just you go outside of your house, and then you're in this like museum, this human uh, history museum. You get to walk through it. The humans on display. Yeah, humans on display. It's it's like walking into a circus tent every time I go outside. Well, it, Walmart's just a, an interesting adventure. The villagers are starting to get busted with meth. I saw that this morning. I was like, uh-oh. Really? Florida's friendliest hometown is about to become Florida's stickiest fingered hometown. <laughs> they start losing jewelry, checks cashed on closed bank accounts. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Think about that. Like they meth wasn't even like a real thing back then. No. And now they're like, this is where it's at. Retirement <laughs> age. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess it up. Like your teeth are already <laughs> trying to check out, and you're just gonna speed it up. <laughs> um, answer me this. So the Bucks, let's say they win tonight. How was that? Yeah, but how was that good for the NBA? Like, like because you you now have NBC. a superstar with a championship and a small market. Everybody loves when the underdog teams win. Right. Everybody loves it. Like, who's really offended by the Bucks winning the title? It doesn't no. affect the Magic. We right. don't care. Right. It doesn't affect the Lakers. Yeah, who's it affect? Who's going to be pissed off? The Pistons? Nobody gives a shit. No. <laughs> but you now have a, a quote-unquote small market team, although Milwaukee is not that small, that has a homegrown superstar, and homegrown team, not a super team, that would win a championship. In Phoenix, oh. it's the same way. That explains like the modern-day Spurs, right? Yeah. That explains your 66 free throw uh, difference. Or the 33 free throw difference. Yeah. There you go. We answered yeah. our own questions. Yeah, that's what that's what we do. Like get the good answers too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh what, the Bucks are up by a chunk right now. They're up by 13 early. The game just started. Doesn't matter. They're up by 13. Yeah. Well, I, I knew after in, in game five, when Milwaukee led at halftime, the series was over. When Phoenix blew that big lead after the first quarter and Milwaukee was leading at halftime, okay, the, the game, the series was over because they threw everything they had at them and it lasted a quarter and a half. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Do we think that the Bucks winning the championship will lead to more teams actually playing defense? No, because that would require people to actually pay attention and use common sense. Bucks might repeat then. Yeah. Maybe. If they could find one more score to take. I mean, because it's like a death grip pressure on Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday to, to put buckets in. If they could find one more guy to take that pressure off, what's stopping him? Yeah. And it doesn't really have to be a big name. No, no, no. I'm just talking about a guy give you 15 solid points a night. Yeah. Just just a, a gap filler. These yeah, guys are on the bench. Good. Go give me some buckets. Where's I, Lou I think, Williams? Yeah, I think he's a free agent after this year. I, oh, I try to boy. Grow. He's going to get paid. Oh, boy. If he yeah. winds up if he winds up in Milwaukee with these guys, man, come off the bench, drop 30 if he needs to. Drop 30, that's it. Yeah, and give you 15 every night guaranteed. Yep. I like Lou Williams. Well, He'd do a lot of good on a lot of teams. The sixth man is a very, very rare role to find like a great sixth mm-hmm. man. Yeah. I'm, I'm not to, that guy. I'm not to sit on the bench for a quarter and come out and just drop buckets. Well, and and that's where the Pistons in the late '80s were really good because yeah. Isaiah and Joe and and Bill Lambeer they would kind of rock the starting lineup, but they bring Vinnie Johnson from the from the bench, and no one could compete with it. Yeah, and that's the thing if if you if your scoring doesn't drop off too much when your starters are on the bench, 
you're going to be better than 60% of the teams just right. automatically. And if you have a guy like Lou Williams that can go for 40, you know, if you just let him, yeah. I mean, you, you, you've, you've got the golden the golden ticket. Suns are trying to close it up a little bit here. I think they'll bring it within five. Every game has been close. Every yeah. single game this yeah. series has been close. Oh, Giannis just uh, slung eight and shot. <laughs> Straight up jump, no step. Straight up. So, Dorian, you sent me something in the group chat today about football season because you know what's tomorrow starts? Tomorrow starts training camp for the Cowboys and Steelers. So, and before training camp even starts, the Rams are already done. When's the Lions training camp start? Next week. You know the date? I don't remember. It's probably uh, Wednesday or Thursday. You know exactly when the Cowboys starts, though. Yeah, it's because ESPN was talking about it constantly. Yeah, because. Why? Because they don't talk about the Lions. This is why I tell you the Cowboys <laughs> are great. Like we're great even when we're not. I Just because people really talk about you does not make you not. great. Shit, <laughs> there's no such thing as bad publicity. Dude, I, I know. Just ask not. the gentleman that used to be in in the White House. Let's <laughs> talk about. Come on, we're having a good conversation. I was insult. I was insulting your football team. Fuck the conversation. <laughs> oh no, but I'm just teasing. I'm excited about. I'm excited. I might watch that preseason game. Hall of Fame game just to see some pads and hear the helmets clacking and, and hear the crowd cheer. Yeah, you know that's been the biggest thing about these playoffs. I had a hard time watching the playoffs last year, but it's been fun to watch the playoffs this year. To hear that crowd get all jacked up and then to hear the air sucked out of the building because that's one of the greatest things is when a crowd's at full volume and somebody goes down to the other cor- other mm-hmm. of the court and just. Whoosh, Turns the volume yeah. off. Like, Shut yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's great in football when the crowd is going nuts and then in span of five or six minutes, it's just quiet. Yeah. yeah. I feel like fo- uh, football are some of the most – football fans are some of the most emotional American professional sports fans. Because yeah. like you say, you can hear the collective gasp of that stadium. You don't mm-hmm. hear the gasp in a basketball stadium, but you hear like the, the, <gasps> just yeah. everybody's shocked at the same time. It's like, yes, that just happened. Ha. Yeah, that's good to me. I love it. I'm so excited. Like watching your punter drop a punt and you lose the game because of it. And just your heart just drops. <laughs> it, it's sad because you could look up, you know, worse losses in college football and half the reels going to be Michigan losses. Was that Appalachian state? That was Michigan state, Michigan state. App- I just brought Appalachian state up for the jab, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the Michigan state one was, I think it was Harbaugh's first year. They were leading 26 to 21. All they had to do was punt the ball. All they had to do. In fact, they could have probably jumped, you know, had a false start and had 10 seconds run off the clock, and they would have won the game. Punter drops the ball, punts blocked, return for a touchdown, game's over at home. And I've never heard a stadium get loud and then quiet in the span of 10 seconds. I love it. It makes my day. (laughs) (laughs) Watch 20,000, 60,000 people descend into depression in like two seconds. Oh, yeah. And that was uh, probably 102,000, 103,000. Yeah. Yes. And just quiet. Yes. It affected the mood of the whole state. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Drive through Michigan, honking your horn. What's wrong? Why are you crying? <laughs> can you punt? You should go try out. <laughs> Please. Just can you catch it? That's yeah. all I want you to do. Just catch the ball. Yeah. Fall on the ground for all we care. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Just keep possession. But yeah, but yeah, the, the Rams are done because I, I don't think they're going to replace Cam Akers. Hey, and while we're while we're talking about the football thing here, nobody's talking about the Jaguars at all. Y'all got the number one pick in the whole league. Nobody is talking about you. Nobody That's, gives a fuck. Nobody, you know Dorian. Nobody I'll gives take a fuck. it. You're the only I'll, one that I'll gives a fuck. It. You're the well, only here, one that gives a fuck. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> when Urban Meyer is your coach, either no one talks about you or they talk about your players falling asleep in the middle of the intersection. Or, or, or one of the players 
doing something heinous. So I, if they can just hey, keep it going to where hey, no one's doing Aaron something Hernandez stupid. never killed anybody officially while he was at Florida. <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> officially. Well, yeah, we don't. I mean, I know, but I wouldn't even say that because I wouldn't even <laughs> assume that he didn't. <laughs> well, I know that. Well, allegedly, no. They can't find it with you. I know that, Matt. I think it was him and Brandon Spikes. Uh, Doesn't surprise me. Just keep saying allegedly, bro. Keep saying, just keep saying it. Yeah, for everything. Allegedly, we landed on the moon. So if we didn't, that was a joke. Please, I don't want anybody to like not listen. DJ is not a flat earther. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not a flat earther. I know. I don't. I don't think we didn't go to the moon. Like, please. It was a joke. Jesus, please. <laughs> But seriously though, like have conspiracy theories just gotten more widespread in this generation? I, uh the internet has helped that because now you've given the loony birds a platform, whereas the one with the tinfoil hat was just a crazy guy down the block. Now he's like the crazy guy with the YouTube channel. So fuck social media is what I'm getting at. Ah, so that that's the problem. So unless so- it's for unless it's for sports podcasts, in which case uh, <laughs> cool with it. But everything else it should not be used for. <laughs> No, but like the problem is with some of these conspiracy theories is like there's a shred of truth in all of them that'll bite. It gets you to bite. Just mm-hmm. it's the the bait on the end of the hook. But once you're hooked, you look like a moron. You really do. Well, I actually I was watching the thing the other day about the movie Idiocracy, the the Luke Wilson movie. Yeah. And they were talking about how it's anti-intellectualism because people are just fucking stupid. They think they can water the crops with Mountain Dew, and they said that's not today. <laughs> Well, it, Mountain Dew raised my 15-year-old. I don't know why I won't raise my corn. <laughs> I love that movie. Terry Crews is great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but who knew it was going to be biographical? Yeah, it was yeah, a documentary. <laughs> what the fuck? But what they, what they were saying was, is like, today's culture is not anti-intellectualism. It's pseudo-intellectualism. It's they value yeah. science. They yeah. just value their, their science. science, their yeah. science, like whatever they came up with in their brain. Yeah, because the flat earthers, they're not you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Well, they are, but they will come out with reams and reams and reams of data that you can't cross check because your eyes will glaze over. Yeah, I know. And that's what it is. They put that shred of truth in there. And so you got these people who I'm sure I'm assuming a certain percentage of them, maybe even a high percentage of them are good, decent people, but they're stupid. They haven't been taught critical thinking or how to analyze anything or even to think for themselves in most cases. Well, because uh, so- we've completely defined our education system so i mean yeah but we can't fix that nobody gives a shit george carlin please george told us all this he told us everything dorian you ever listen to george carlin like just stand yeah. up not yeah oh man oh man he tried to tell yeah. us he told us he said He's the a legend the, man he said the real masters the people who have bought and sold this government don't want an educated population capable of critical thinking and they got it they finally got it yep. i've seen it in my family I've seen it in my friends. Um, you know, I'm not a great scholar. I drank my way out of college, but holy shit, there's just certain <laughs> things that seem obvious to me and it's like confusing to everybody else. And that scares me, mm, terrifies me. Yes. So when when did you guys want to start doing our NFL breakdown? I know we talked about kind of jokingly starting that, but I'm too excited. I'm too excited. I don't want to start this. Way. Let me look at my calendar here. Let's let's take an honest approach to this. Because we're, we're getting, ready. like I said, we're two days away from training camp starting for yeah. a couple of teams. Well, I mean, I guess we could talk about defense and special teams. Sure. Yeah. We can we can start off easy here because I'd like to, uh, if any of our followers are getting in uh, contact with Adam, we're going to start a fantasy football league and we're looking for people to join. I could fill it with some of my usual suspects, but mm-hmm. to get some listeners on there would be fun, I think. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. So uh, 
I don't know. Yeah. Let's look up these defense special teams. I know the Cowboys defense is like uh, absolute shit last year, so we can just get that out of the way. They're going to be in the middle of the Packer at best as far as is that. Uh, Jaguars defense is going to be on the field a lot, so I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, when you're going three now, it doesn't help your defense. Now, they won't give up a lot of yards because there won't be a lot of yards to give up. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh. Yeah, because Michigan had that problem under the Rich Rod years is they would go three and out on their possession. They would punt it away, and their defense, like yardage-wise, looked good because the, the team they were going against were starting at the 50. So there wasn't many yards to actually collect. Well, let's see. I'm looking, I'm looking at some projections just so we get some names up here. Let's see. Well, we know Washington's going to have a good defense. They're projected. Now, this is CBS Fantasy now. They're projected in the middle of the pack with the Cowboys. What? Yep. They were the number two team defense last year. They, do they really think that many teams are going to improve? I'm going to talk of fantasy points because you, you're fairy tale football. I don't care about it. I call about football, <laughs> actual football oh, on well, the field. Well, the only we'd be talking about defense and special teams is for our fantasy football. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know if you've ever had a defense and special teams talk in anything but fantasy football. See, this is what happens. <laughs> Whose punt returner is going to be successful this year? Yeah, you, I don't care. Never had that conversation before. <laughs> So, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you how I broke down, you know, defenses when when I was actually did fantasy. I look up, okay, how many yards you get, how many points did you give up last year, how many yards did you give up last year, and then from with my eighth or ninth round pick, I'm like, uh, you look good. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm, that'll work. When's the last time you played fantasy football? 2007. God, do you know what a PPR is? Yeah. Okay, then you're okay. Yeah, points per reception. But you know the game has changed since then, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're not wearing little helmets anymore? <laughs> no, no. I know because you're not good at this, you want to be sarcastic about it. But <laughs> see, <laughs> here's, here's the deal. The whole league revolves around wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah. But, but here's the... Uh, uh, you think that's obvious until you realize that your quarterback is going to save your season. Well, it depends on your scoring system. No, it doesn't. If it's a PPR, it's crazy. <laughs> well, because I, everything I, is crazy. I had a scoring system um, in one of the leagues I had with a touchdown, a thrown touchdown was four points instead of six. Yep, that's common. And, and that's a rushing just, touchdown is six. Yeah. It's because of the way I think it's because they're trying to balance it out the way the league's going. There's so many no, passing touchdowns. You scored six points, you get six points. Yeah. I, Trust you. What, were you a commissioner of your last fantasy football league? No. Yeah. See, you've never. Have you ever been a commissioner of fantasy yeah. football league? Yep. It's like managing a bunch of little whiny brats. It's yep. it's the worst fucking situation. Yep. Well, in my other league, bitches isn't your other league. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> if you want, you can double up and start to another league with those people. Go do that, but get out of my face. Like, oh, it's so frustrating. I did one at a restaurant one year, and it seemed like every one of those sons of bitches saw my shift. Oh, coming in and whining about something. You approved that trade. Well, none of you guys, none of you guys voted against it. Well, I did. Well, you're one of twelve people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I was the commissioner of a league in an office, so we all worked together at all times. Oh, oh, no, no. At, at least I had a chance of one of them be on night shift, I'd be on day shift. I could just. Whoosh, Right by, I'm like ships in the night. <laughs> no, and and yeah, it was exactly that. Well, the the trade there's there's twelve teams. You need uh, seven people to approve it. Well, I didn't approve it. Well, those seven people did, and you know that's how our democracy works. They got more votes. They won. And then I have people. And I'm gonna re uh, refrain from using their name, but I will say it's your goddamn cousin Dorian. <laughs> who, who will find somebody? Excuse my terminology here. Who is developmentally disabled at fantasy football? Yeah. And we'll pay them like 20 bucks to, to for a trade. And then you wonder how uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. gets traded for Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> the 
sound like something he would do. Yeah, sounds like something he would do. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't finish my sentence. <laughs> um, he, I don't think him and I talked for three months last year. For real? Oh, I sent him. I, I'll I'll forward you the text message I sent him. Well, you didn't pull a David Stern and think this is not in, in the betterment of the league and just makes oh, the trade. I I was not the commissioner. I was oh, okay. I was completely helpless, and they had a moron who was commissioner. So I'm just like struggling with the whole situation. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, y'all can just keep my fifty bucks. I'm gonna put all these players on the waiver wire, and you can have a good season. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck with me, Christian McCaffrey on the waiver wire. You play. <laughs> <laughs> You really tried to blow shit up. Oh, you know, I'll put them on the waiver wire. You know, if you're a good team, it, it goes in reverse order. So I all know. these shitty teams are going to be picking up. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's you'll blow mm-hmm. I'll league blow up. the whole fucking league up. You can keep my 50 bucks and I'm going to enjoy this shit. Hey, it's 50 bucks worth of entertainment. Oh, hell yeah. The text messages I get for the next week are going to be worth 50 bucks. Now, when you were commissioner, did you, did you charge for trades and for waiver pickups? No, okay. no. We, I've never been in a league that's charged for waiver pickups. Never been in a league that's charged for trades. The trades just have to go through the standard um, approval. If everybody mm-hmm. on the league lets it go, then it goes. Yeah, see, so the leagues I was a part of, it was the, the buy-in was $100, and it was $2 per trade from each team and a dollar for waiver pickup. So it really made you think of, do I really want this guy or not? Mm-hmm. No, I got like 40 bucks for waiver pickups. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> hundred. So think about what you just said. Hundred bucks to get in. Twelve people. Twelve hundred dollars. Yep. Okay. So another forty bucks. Even if I spend another hundred bucks on waiver pickups, I'm good. Fair enough. Yeah. Like it's an investment at this point. So yeah, now, and- so now I. Now I got two hundred bucks in on something. I got a shot at twelve. That's six well, to one. That was the thing. I, that was I, I won that league and I won eight hundred bucks. Yeah, it's, it's a good day. Yeah, it was it was a fun a fun day. time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a good day. So, I yeah. love my fantasy football though. I watch games I never thought I'd watch, and I see things I never would have seen. It's great. Well, and that's what's made the NFL so popular, is it's not so much the game itself. The game itself is still still fantastic. It's you've got people that are in Miami that want to watch the Cincinnati-Cleveland yep. game exactly. because they've got Joe Burrow on their team. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm watching I'm watching Seahawks games, which I like Seahawks, but I wouldn't sit down and watch a Seahawks game. Yeah. Until but DK you- Metcalf showed up, now I'm watching Seahawks games. Yeah, but you've got the red zone that will just constantly keep you updated. That red zone channel is the greatest channel. It's made for everybody that has any kind of attention deficit disorder. Yes. Uh, Every touchdown you want, any big play you want instantly. Uh, If you're, if you're a fantasy football fan, there's no better place to be than in front of red zone on Sunday. And I'm not going to lie. I, I would cheat and I I would watch that with my son. Was he playing the playroom? Like, Look, look, the gate's closed. Go have fun. I'm watching football. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Football, that red zone channel is best invention ever for football. I love it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's included and it's not like the, the Sunday ticket where it's you got to pay an arm and a leg to watch games you really don't care about. You don't have to, though. A lot of people don't know this. If you call up and threaten DirecTV with Comcast, they will give it to you a lot cheaper or free. Hey, y'all steal our ideas from this podcast? Listen to the man. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. Just about two months, mu- uh, about a month before the season starts, call and be like, "Look, you're giving this away free to all these new customers. I've been with you for five years. You paid fifty bucks for it one year, and then three years in a row we got it for free. Nice. That's if you're a, a Direct TV customer now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it would work for new customers unless they have a special offer. But if you're a current customer and you have a pretty good record with them, I'd try them. Now, I, I believe that there's a case that's working its way through the courts that they're considering that a monopoly." from direct tv in the nfl because it is they can't that product is not allowed anywhere else 
the no. extra games, out of market games are not allowed anywhere else except that. And so I would agree. And it's like 200 and something a year, almost $300, like 260, 270. Yep. So only direct TV customers too. Right. If Amazon and Netflix and Hulu start getting their hooks into that, that price is going to come down quite a bit. Yep. And that's the same. Six, 60 bucks a year. You got me. Yeah. 66, 59.99. You got me every year. You can prepay it. And that's the thing though, like, and that's why college football is much more popular yeah. than, than NFL because college, there's always a game that you want to <laughs> yeah. watch on yeah. or a game on period. Yeah. Like it, even if it's not something you care to watch, if you want to watch football, you can uh, on two a Saturday o'clock in the afternoon. morning, well, two o'clock in the morning, you can watch the, the West coast night games too. Yeah. Or what yeah. is it like but, one o'clock, 12 o'clock, whatever, something like that. But yeah, on a, on a Saturday afternoon, starting at 12 o'clock. It's football the entire time and yeah. bunches of games, not just like one game like the NFL will have. It's five or six games on at a time. And and again, hey, look, I'm watching the Michigan game. Okay, they're beating the crap out of Purdue. Cool. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> Were you dreaming? Yes. Okay. I was just, when you said that, it tickled a honey bone for some reason. Hey, with Rondell Moore, they're not going to beat the crap out of them this year. Um, oh. But hey, you know, I was watching watching the Clemson game and they're, they're, you know, running over Florida State. Okay, well, let me flip on over to the Oklahoma game. Okay, well, that's that's yep. getting close, and it's Big Twelve. Hey, there's always going to be points. Okay, well, that one's at halftime. Let me flip over to, you know, a, a, a SEC game. Okay, cool. There's always a, a multiple conference yep. games at the same time. Something and that's why something for your appetite. Yep. Um, while we're talking about football here, I just thought of something. We're getting to the sad part of the year where a lot of people's seasons are going to end before it starts. And we just lost Cam Akers for yep. the season, which is sad. One of our Florida players, Florida State guys. So I don't know. Probably have to keep track of that for fantasy football, too, because Cam Akers was going to be somebody in fantasy football. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he'd been a top 10 back, but he'd been a solid contributor in a 10-man roster. Ten man I, would, I would say he would have been a, a top 10 back because Stafford was there, because Stafford was going to take you know some, some How you get a decade? How you get a decade full of Stafford and then say he's going to make that guy better? Because it, it from the from a defense perspective, I just fucked w- your brain up. Yeah, you did. I kind of stopped <laughs> it. <for a> <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. No, but the defenses respect Stafford more than they respect Golf. Now we'll see. I agree with that one hundred percent. We'll see if if Golf's problem was Golf, which is true, or if it was McVay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Stafford slides a little bit. Golf improves. That'd be telling, wouldn't it? Yep. But I, you know, I, I joked. You know, this is the curse of Matthew Stafford. When when he came into the league, he was known as Mr. Glass because he would miss half a season, 10, 12 games constantly. And he started getting healthy. And then his running backs were starting to get hurt. And then his offensive line would start to get hurt. Dang, right. Yeah, that's a Lions thing until further notice. That's the curse of Barry Sanders. That's what you get for treating Barry like that. Your whole franchise gets to rot in hell for eternity. Treating Barry like that. Hell, we treated Megatron like that and still paying for that, uh, too. Uh, that was another curse caused by treating Barry wrong. Fair enough. To have one of the best receivers of a generation. I don't even want to put a number on it because it's probably going to be number one. Um, mm-hmm. And that's somebody's going to want to argue, and we can. But a guy that's six five runs a four three and attacks the ball like that is going to be number one a lot of times. Yeah. So you have a number one receiver, solid offensive line, and a first-round quarterback, and you can't do a damn thing with it. That's I would argue that, that Larry was better. Um, give uh, I would have to see Megatron and Kurt Warner. Fair enough. That, I can't I can't I can't say yes or no to that. I would just have to say I would have to see Megatron and Kurt Warner or any other serviceable quarterback who didn't have the I'm just gonna throw it up to him because he's huge mentality. Oh, so that's sexy Rexy's out of the conversation? Yes, that's not an offense. I hate that. That's not an offense. Get the big guy beat up because he's huge. Like, get him open. Like, 
yeah. or, or give him some support. Cause I think that's what's happening to Mike Evans is he was before Tom got there. He was kind of the throw it up. Cause he's big kind of guy. That's how you get those ankle injuries, knee injuries, uh, just coming down awkward. I don't know. I think Especially nowadays where they can't hit high. Yeah. I mean, you know who paid the price for that was Gronk. Yep. As soon as they took that league, the rules out of the league, Gronk's knees became uh, prime uh, territory. And I remember, um, I think it was Swafford um, for the Dolphins was saying that that's going to be a common thing. Is you're going to see a lot of blown ACLs, a lot of blown Achilles, because they took away the strike zone. They, they moved it down. So guys, well, they know they can't tackle high because either you go high, too high and you hit the head, or you go to the chest and you can't take them down. So you've got to go for the knees. Well, I mean, Gronk is a giant. Yeah, so, he, he was a massive human being. Yeah, if I was a 220-pound safety, I'd be like, yeah, them knees look tasty. <laughs> <laughs> Knee chops. You hitting that guy in his chest? No. You gonna bounce right off of him? Bounce right off him, and then fold up like a lawn chair. (laughs) (laughs) Just like like Josh Norman in the day. (laughs) I can think of as Josh Norman soaring sideways through the air. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how do you go to a barbecue with that man after that? Like, how do you walk up to be like, man, you threw me across the field, bro? Like, you could (laughs) have just shoved me to the ground. You didn't have to like embarrass my use my momentum to sail me. Yeah. That man, I love watching Derrick Henry play. Yeah, absolutely love it. It's he's a more athletic Brandon Jacobs. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of Brandon Jacobs, I think I spoke about this a couple of episodes ago that he's trying to come back in the NFL as a defensive. Last game. week we talked about yeah. that. Last week, isn't he like forty? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He'll be turning forty this year. He's That's a hard switch, especially being out of the league for so long. You exactly. know, I just turned forty a couple of years ago. It got to the point where if I don't eat, I'll fall asleep. So, like, I, I hope Brandon's not at that stage in his life. Mm. Well, Brandon was also a supreme talented athlete. I don't think you were ever at that level. Whatever, dude. I've been hyperactive my whole life. So you can say that it's an <laughs> athletic thing, but like I've been wound up my whole life. And now all of a sudden it's like nap time. Not this soon. is true. <laughs> Let me see. Um, I want to see how old he is for sure. 39. Yeah. <sighs> Man. I mean, like you said, Adam said his body's been trained for this for his whole life. I guess my biggest question is what he's been doing for the last five, six years. Yeah. Seven. Seven years. His last game was 13. Eight years. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's a career. That's two careers at right. some position. Uh, I mean, yeah. I guess it depends on what he's been doing. And, and also, we're not talking about a 40-year-old quarterback. We're talking about no. a 40-year-old yeah. running back. Those right. knees and shoulders have taken a beating. I mean, right. the only way you get that guy on the ground is by throwing your whole defense at him. So that's what he's had his whole career is 11 guys. Hit. Yeah. And if they didn't hit you all at once, they probably hit you in succession. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, guys, don't look now. Phoenix is up by five at halftime. Mm. Not to completely derail that conversation. <laughs> That's a quite a swing. Yeah, they were down thirteen at eleven uh, forty-two in the first half. Well, they outscored them. I think first, it was thirty-one to thirteen. Quarter. Ooh, in the second. See, this is what concerns me though: is uh, basketball is a game of runs, so the Bucks send one right back at them. It just depends mm-hmm. on how how much will the run be, how many points. But well, and that goes back to your defense conversation. If you can stop teams from scoring, you can put runs together. Absolutely. And I believe I believe it was Tony Bennett at Virginia that actually keeps track of empty possessions for the for the opposing team. He calls them gaps. And if he can have a gap of four to six points for his team, then he know if he has just a couple in a game, he knows that he, his team will win. I like those his, little, the small intricate pieces of games that the normal people like us don't look at. And then he's yes. like, hey, if I could just cause a couple of these, this would be the yep. difference. That's what yep. I love listening to. Well, and, and you think about it, the way his team plays, they don't normally score more than 60 or 65 points. That's just the way he, 
he he plays. So if he has just a couple six zero runs in course of a game, you're talking twelve points, a twelve point lead when you're only scoring sixty points is yeah. a massive lead. Yeah. Yep. Quarter of a game. Yeah. Oh, more than that. Excuse me. Fifth of a game. Sorry. So I mean, and and that's just the mind that other people have that I just don't have. I appreciate it. I follow it. Yeah. I love it. But I just I don't see the game. I wouldn't that have way. noticed that. No, I've I've been watching basketball for decades. I've never seen that. That's that's exactly why I love that stuff. It's like, man, yeah, I didn't I didn't notice that. And that's why I am super excited to watch the Peyton Manning breakdown of Monday Night Football. That's oh yeah. You know what's equally is when it's something you know but can't verbalize. I like yeah. that stuff too, where it's like I, yeah. I get it, but I just never said it. Yeah, I can't articulate it. Yes. Yes, thank you for giving me the word. <laughs> I'm going to give you those five dollar words. <laughs> thank you. But yeah, I, I was joking, and if they, if ESPN ever pulled it off, it'd be a just a coup. Have Peyton Manning, Tony Romo, and Gus Johnson on the telecast. That would be that would be legendary, man. Because you know you, you need somebody that can actually do the play by play, that you know just to kind of talk for the game, and that's what Gus Johnson is great at. And you put Romo and Peyton there to talk about the intricacies of the, the game that Beach was talking about. I think you're being a little greedy. I think because of the shitty state of commentator or uh, analyst across the board there that we need to keep Peyton and Tony separate, put them on different networks. So our Saturdays will be happy or our Sundays will be happy. One on CBS, one on NFL. Keep us, ha- keep us entertained. And then you got Troy doing Fox. So you got three solid analysts. Yeah. I just, I don't want them all in one booth. Uh, we've been very lucky. We went through a long time where listening to football was terrible. Dennis Miller, Tony Kornheiser, like those were rough. That was a rough stretch. Yeah. So uh, very happy that the state of the uh, analysis we're getting now. I don't want to put it all in one booth and ruin my weekend. Mm-hmm. Fox, CBS, NBC, I'll need a great one. Yeah. You know what I like about Troy? Troy is not afraid to talk shit about the Cowboys. I love it. You know, and as much as I give him crap, Herb Street's not afraid to talk shit about Ohio State either. Yeah, no. No, yeah, he's pretty He's pretty stern with Ohio State. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it's disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's like, you know what? This is not how this should be. I'm just going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and yes, he is one that will bring his kids out and, and Buckeyes jerseys and whatnot. You know, fine, whatever. But yeah, he will still be critical of that team. And that's what makes him a good announcer. And I know uh, Joe Buck has that for baseball is every fan base thinks that Joe Buck hates their, hates their team. And that's what makes him a good announcer because oh, he's, no, he really, he really hates the Cowboys. <laughs> that's, that's not a joke. You can hear the disdain. You can hear the disdain in his voice when uh, they do something good. Uh, another first down for the Cowboys. Like, yes, Joe, <laughs> fuck you. It happened again. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Joe, the Cowboys do is in spite of Joe Buck. But Joe Buck's problem is that he has like zero emotion whatsoever. Because he, <laughs> he has, no, seriously, in the past 10, 12, 15 years, he's had at least two of the most famous calls is the, the Tyree Helmet catch and the Stefan Diggs catch. And if you listen to him, it's just very just, like mundane. He just, he just slightly raises his voice. Yeah. Whereas uh, I feel as if Gus Johnson had called the Stefan Diggs you know, Miz, uh, Minnesota miracle, I think it would have kind of broken windows everywhere. That's why uh, I have a hard time listening to Joe Buck Cowboy games. <laughs> I feel like I'm being attacked the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You can listen to, to listen to anyone call the Michigan games, but you know we suck, so we're supposed to be attacked. You need somebody like Howard Cosell or Keith Jackson to tell y'all how it really is right now. I miss Keith Jackson. Yeah. I do. I, I miss really his voice do. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's solid, sure. man. I mean, that's like my childhood of college football, right there. Yes. Like, the, didn't he just do the Rose Parade too? Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought so. What a great voice! 
You know who I really miss? And when I see old clips of them or watch old football clips, I get goosebumps serious. Or Summer All in Men. You got to remember, yeah, right. I was a Cowboys fan. They were on Fox the whole time. That was like, that was my childhood was Summer All in Men. Well, I think they were the first or second team that Fox actually had on the NFL games. And then you got, when the Cowboys went to their rough patch, they're still in quarter century later. I started following the Bucks, which led itself to Summer All in Madden. And John Madden had a love affair with Mike Allstott. Those are some of the best sound effects that ever came out of oh, yeah. football. And now it's like, yeah, boom, pow, a seal here. And he went up in here and touched down. It was, I just miss Madden in Summer All. I get goosebumps here when I hear yeah. Well, and the, the thing that made Madden different from Chris Berman is Madden actually understood the game. He could diagram it. Now, his penmanship was worse than mine, but he could diagram the play, whereas Berman was just all sound effects. Yes. And the thing about another thing about Madden is Madden could make somebody who had never watched football before understand that play. Yes. Yeah. The seal here, the seal here, right up the middle, blah, 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 and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's what I loved about Madden is you could be a novice and he, you would understand that play because the way John is. And that's why I like having guys like Peyton, like guys like Romo that can get across what the purpose of the play is not just oh did you look at that catch but look at him get the separation here hey look the 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 bottom you see the inside receiver cut here to pull that defender in to, to open up the middle route you don't get that from a tom jackson or chris berman now tom jackson was good but he never really broke it down that way jaworski was awful but he was all we had in the 90s mm-hmm. Rough yeah, shark. <laughs> yeah, Jaworski. Um, he was cool. I, I like those guys just because they all had a good uh, working relationship together. That whole mm-hmm. NFL countdown crew. So they were fun to watch. Yeah. And now it's just I I can't watch it. I cannot no, watch the pregame. No. Um. The only one I like, I still like Fox because of Jimmy Terry and Mike Strahan. Yeah. But that's the thing. They've been together for 10 years. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of holding on to them. But I haven't really found a new crew that I like. I don't like NFL um, TV's crew. Um, Not a big fan of NBC, Boomer, and... I kind of like Dan Marino, but every time I listen to Dan Marino talk about football, it's almost like he'd rather be out drinking or something. <laughs> yes. I just get, let me out of here, please. But like, I still, I can still get my paycheck if I leave now. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm just older and I just don't have the attention span. I cannot watch college game day at all on ESPN. Uh, I think it's because you're getting old. If you don't like Lee Corso, I just, I don't know. I, I think he's an idiot. <laughs> well, he's one of the most entertaining idiots. He is a hero on every college campus across the nation. Uh, he's iconic. Herb Street is one of the better analysts in the game. Or like I said, Herb Street is and, um, great when calling games. Who's the guy? Who's the guy? It, the host? It, there's, there's Fowler, there's Desmond, Fowler, there's Herb Street, yeah. and there's Corso. Like Chris Fowler, Chris like Chris Fowler, and uh, so Adam, I'm going to totally disagree on you and, and ask you uh, what the fuck's wrong with you. <laughs> I, I, well, I can't watch it because it's not really about the games. <laughs> watch, watch the show. You're just mad because they're talking shit about your team like every week. <laughs> Every like week. even Desmond talks bad about Michigan. Yeah, I mean, but they're kind of asking. They need to move on from Jim. Jim's got to go. It's, this is his final year. If he does not put up this year, he is gone. Adam, you know y'all are stupid. That's not true. This is true. No, it's not. No, it's not. He'll he'll work his. He's in that office. He's been in that office since he was nineteen years old. Right. He's in that office. Oh, nineteen. Hell, he's been in that office since he was ten. Yeah. When so, when his dad was working for Bo, he grew up there. Yeah. So and, and that's part of the problem. So you're just proving my point. He's yeah. in that office. He's squeezing another year out. Of he is not going to. He is not going to leave Michigan. He will not leave for the NFL. Michigan will leave him. 
And Ooh, if they haven't, if they have him. another two win season, he's he's gone. What has he done to improve his chances of getting another job? He hasn't. Exactly. I'm not even trying to rag on you now. This is just like Harbaugh has kind of been on the downside ever since the Super Bowl. He's been sliding down, down, down ever since the Super Bowl. Well, and Harbaugh's problem is he's supposed to be this this quarterback whisperer, which we've all talked about doesn't actually exist. Is, is, and yeah. it, it, they just do not have a good quarterback. Even when Shea Patterson was there, he just he wasn't that good. The only time he's have even had a remotely good quarterback was um, Jake Rudock and Wilton, Wilton Spate. And Spate got broken Who? against Iowa. Who? Wilton Spate, that was the year they were 9-0, and went to Iowa. Um, Spate got broken in half and was broken for the rest of the season. And they were mm-hmm. they were number two going into that game and just did stupid shit, lost, I think it was on a last second field goal, 15-14. to 14. Spate broke his back and was never the same. Cursed never Chad Henney. Oh, we're going to bring Chad Henney back into this. Yeah, I just figured you got <laughs> cursed for signing him and using him in your offense. <laughs> no it was the curse of rich rod that's what happened yeah you guys are gonna pay for that for a while yeah and that was the thing they they so desperately wanted to get away from the Boston Meckler eras the Lord car era that they went in the completely opposite direction let's go get spread offense <laughs> and not, not recruit for it yeah not recruit for it i still want these country corn-fed offensive line we're gonna ask them to run side to side yeah and then with rich rod they're running the three three five which does not work against running teams like Ohio State. That stupid West Virginia defense looks all goofy on TV. Yeah. Let's run that in the Big Ten. That's a great idea. 3-3-5. Three, three, yeah. So I think with the 3-3-5, three, three, you're admitting your D-line can't stop the run? Pretty much. You're, mm. you're, you're basically admitting that, that – When you go to a school like um, Michigan, that should not be a problem, no. finding D-linemen. No. Mm. And you're basically saying, hey, we don't – we don't want you to throw against us. We're just going to put a more defensive backs out there. No, and well, no. I I understand. Well, I understand the five defensive backs in this today's game. That's the way it is. Two safeties and three guys for the receivers. I completely understand that. Uh, what I don't understand is the need for the third linebacker when you're trying to defend against side to side movement. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, the nickel's been around for decades for a reason. Yeah, and I just I don't like the nickel against teams that run the ball. I mean, that, that's fine in the Big 12, and that's fine when you're in West Virginia when you, you know, going against these air raid offenses. But when, you go, when you're in the Big 10, and especially a team like Ohio State that could not throw the ball, you need to stack up on the, on the defensive line. You need more than six in the box. They're still, like, they're still experts at the situation. If you, if you don't have enough defensive backs out there, they'll make you put that other defensive back out there. They'll put another receiver out there. That's what I, I'm, that's what I would do. If, if you're going to stack the box and put more receivers out there, I'm going to stretch you out. I'm going to, I'm going to move your defense across the field. Well, that's in the, in the Urban Meyer years. And Dorian, pay attention to this because this will come up again in Jacksonville. In the Urban Meyer years, they never really had an accurate quarterback. They had a quarterback that could throw to wide open wide receivers, but he wasn't really accurate. So they would have guys like Zeke back there that would just pound the ball. And that's how they would get open. You know, And if Zeke is getting seven, eight yards of carry, why do I care if I can throw the ball or not? Mm. And, I know, and Michigan's still paying for just the whole horrible recruiting that they've been that they did and i don't know who's gonna be able to fix it i don't think it's gonna be jim no absolutely not he's got to go there's no yeah. choice but to get rid of harbaugh you got i mean i'm starting to look at the athletic director now because he's let it go on for five six years seven years what well and they came in together manual came in together actually manual did not hire jim he came in i think the year or two after and i'll, I'll double check that um but i think 15. Six years. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he hired him. I think he came in shortly. Shortly thereafter. But they, they've been good friends. Good friends. And that's. And I. Like I said. 
I don't see Harbaugh leaving because like you said, no one's going to want to re- want them there on their team. But if they have another two win season, and granted last year was funky because of COVID, but if they have another season like that, then the the boosters will just buy them out. Uh, yeah. That should have been happened. Or maybe they maybe they just, you know, pay their players and get better get better athletes. Yeah. Because Stephen Ross own has a b- bunch of money he can throw towards the players. <laughs> Good point. Because yeah. that's the thing. With the NFL, there's a salary cap. There's a hey, you can only pay your players this much money. With the new image and likeness in the NCAA, there's no cap. And there's no <laughs> saying that I can't just overpay just to get the, the best athletes. And I'd be I know an NFL play- if I was an NFL player, I'd see if I got one more year el- eligibility left. Yeah. Let me go back. Let me go back and see if I can cash in on all this uncapped money real quick. And and see, and here's the trick. We've all talked about how it's affecting football. How is it going to impact basketball? Because in football, you you need a good five or six really good players to be great on the team. And basketball takes one or two. Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell me Jordan isn't, isn't going to pay some kids to go to USC or UNC. You're going to tell me that Tebow wouldn't pay for players to go to Florida. Mm. I mean, it's, and it's easy. It's easy to sway one or two players to go somewhere. Yeah. You know, and I know that the past few years, the the little guys have kind of stepped it up within the tournament. That's going away. That's just I don't I don't see that happening anymore. Yeah. There's just not going to be able to compete. Right. There's there's not going to be any more Butlers. There's not going to be any more VCU's. There's not going to be any more Laurels of Chicago of Chicago's. They're just done because they just cannot compete anymore and it's sad right now my question is like do you think it would affect the schools like gonzaga eventually because the the bigger schools have a lot have a larger booster base and booster bases with larger pockets yeah so eventually the kids will won't go to gonzaga anymore now they might go in the in the short term until mark few leaves Mm. and once once mark few's gone that yeah that program's done yeah that means that they would Probably for their coaching, uh, for you know, for that opening, they would have to get someone that Mark Few has groomed in order yep. to try to keep that stability going. Because other than that, you bring in someone else, they're not going to like it. No, and we're not talking like a Boise State situation where they've been competitive through multiple coaching changes. I mean, Mark Few has been there since the beginning. Yeah, I, I believe he was there when we were in high school. He was. He was. He was there since then. And uh, apparently, uh, when it comes to recruiting, they 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 do a solid job. I mean, it's you know they can't sell a lot because they're in Spokane so there's nothing there so obviously Mark Few and his staff have to be like solid recruiters to get those individuals and stuff where where they really make their hay is the guys that are overlooked and it's also the guys that are overseas that's true and you know a lot of the coaches now they don't recruit overseas they don't recruit foreign players for whatever reason I know Michigan's been doing it for the past few years with the Wagners um, and St. Mary's does it a lot and Gonzaga does it a lot, but they're pretty much it. But like the guy at UCLA, oh, I can't think of the guy's name, the, the one that had the really good tournament, he was projected to be a second round pick. He's like, well, screw this. I'm going to stay. I'll make more yeah. money here at UCLA than I will in the in the NBA, at least my first year. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him. Yeah, exactly. And, and also too, I mean, they, they're receiving counsel, you know, realistic counsel. And, and that's what makes a solid agent, right? A solid agent or, you know, they're able to tell the players, hey man, you need another year. Or 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 something like the, the ones that actually care mm-hmm. about the player because a lot of times I was matter of fact I was speaking with a lawyer one time and it was a lawyer that I spoke to and they were also like an agent and they said and one of the things that he said was like he was an entertainment lawyer he did uh, you know uh, 
agent, he was an agent also for players and whatnot. And one of the things that he he said to was I me, mean, he said, if you're an agent, right? He said, let he said that your word is your bond, and you want to you want to attach your name to someone who has longevity in the game. And how you start with that is you're able to tell that player, hey, you know, you know. If if you're able to do X Y Z, you're going to be able to, you know, what I'm saying, play longer. This that the third. He said. He said you definitely want to invest yourself into that player to get, you know, to to get them to play as long as you can because again, that's revenue that's coming to you as an agent. But we also see a lot of agencies that they'll take a player and their main goal is, hey, I just got to get you to the league and get a cut, get a cut of that check, whether you make it. Five years down the line, I don't give a damn. I just need that check now. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the mentality of not so much just that industry, but also the country as a whole. As you got those that look at the long term future, mm-hmm. and those that look at the short term future, because you're right, the long term future is if I can sign ten guys that are role players in the NBA that I know will have a career for ten or twelve years. I know that's consistent income. I can go after the bigger fish because I know I've got this income rolling in. As long as I continually have that income, I'm okay. Then you also have those. I was like, okay, I need you to sign this contract now. I don't give a shit, you know, about you in two years because I'm going to move on to someone else. I need your 10% now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you have both sides of that coin just with people in general, not yeah. just that industry. Right. Yeah. And then that's where something like what BJ was talking about for Lake and Sumter County to have a, an organization for kids to go to so they can be tutored, not only just the academic side, but also how to work the business of sports how to improve yourself and how to work the system in your favor so that you can be a better person going forward right absolutely um uh there's a football player um haha clinton dick one of the things that i respect about him is he comes to orlando he does camps all the time but also at those football camps he talked to the players about about being like you know knowing how money works and how it can work for you you know he, you know, he was talking to him about contracts and he was like, what screws a lot of people over is like that first contract, that first contract that you receive, that contract is for you to be sustained until you get your second contract. But what happens is you go in, you know, and it could be numerous reasons, but a lot of times, you know, a kid coming in just got drafted to the NFL or NBA and he never had shit. So he's like, well, let me get it now while I have it. And he's like, no, like it's to sustain it. You, that money, you can't spend it all because let's say for instance, you don't make it to another contract. So what yeah, are you going to do with that one you have? Huh? Wasn't it Gronk that didn't spend any of his contract money? Yep. And he only yeah. spent his endorsement money? Yep. Uh, Gronk, I know there was a couple NBA players too. I know uh, uh, CJ McCollum. Yep. Um, he didn't he did spend any, uh, um, any of his contract money. I think he's still on his first contract. And he says he doesn't spend anything. And it was a couple of others. But yeah, it's like being able to have that, your first contract is to sustain you to hopefully get in the second contract. And that's the thing. You don't need a crap ton of money to even have a lavish lifestyle. Right. You know, if, if someone wants to give us each a, a million dollars, I'm sure that we would be able to survive for the rest of our lives on just that. Because we would know how to live within our means, pay off our debts, and move on. These guys are getting 10, 12, 30 million dollars sometimes as a signing bonus. Right, right. And blown through it in a matter of months. Because like you said, no one sat them down and went, this is how you invest your money so you have residual income coming forward. So that if you blow out your knee, you can still do whatever you want to do. 
you can still live a decent lifestyle and you don't need a a huge mansion especially if it's just you who cares if it's you and your family okay cool you you might need maybe a seven or eight bedroom house maybe who who wants to be in charge of cleaning seven bedrooms fuck that shit not me never i never understood that like first of all i don't know if i got enough people that i want around me to fill that house too like you'd have to It'd be like a day, a bedroom a day. You'd have to cycle through and clean a bedroom a day or something. Well, I, just, I, I can tell I can tell you as a, as someone who's going to have four kids. Okay, so that's five bedrooms right there, one for each child, and me and my yeah. wife. Okay, and then like if I wanted my office and my wife wanted her office, okay, that's seven bedrooms right there. Yeah. So, but yeah. you shouldn't need more than that unless Bullshit. you're like I'm um, getting a, I'm getting an office. <laughs> I'm getting an office and the smallest one's going up in the attic. <laughs> 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 Slap a, little, even, slap a little uh, fiberglass up there, tape it up, keep it nice and cool. But under even 100. still, I mean, that a house that size, even yeah. with all the amenities, no more than a million dollars. No more than that. Even regardless of where you put it, you don't need to spend $10, $12 million on a house that these guys Definitely. are doing. Definitely. It's not even that's the outside what, they're spending it on. It's the floors and the cabinets and all this stupid shit. Yeah, all mm-hmm. the stuff that after six months, after you turn it all to your friends, nobody cares. Nobody right. cares. It's, it's going to look the same forever now. Yeah. Exactly. I forgot who it was I was watching, but they put gold-plated, they put their name, they, they put their initials in gold-plated inside of their house, the NFL player. I don't know. How narcissistic that. do you have to be to do that? <laughs> I don't know if it was Antonio Brown or that um, wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I don't know if it was Antonio Brown. I forgot what it was, but yeah, they had their gold plated initials inside their house, man. And that's the thing. Like, if we had NFL con- like rookie NFL contract money, any of the three of us would be comfortable for the rest of our lives. Rest of our lives, we'd be completely fine. And it amazes me that I see these guys that if in five years after they retire, they're nothing. They don't have anything. Because like you said, no one sat them down and went, this is how you need to live the rest of your life. You are a professional athlete that has a shelf life of no more than 15 years. What are you going to do when you're 40? Especially if you're if you're in a, you're in the NFL and say you're a running back. Oh, you've got three maybe years. you've got two contracts on you. At most, you've got your rookie contract and your second contract. Because if you do get a third, if you're Adrian Peterson, you get a third contract. It's not going to be anywhere near your second. You know, and just that's just the, the nature of the beast. And how is that money going to sustain you for the rest of your life? Because yeah. you don't have a career after that. Your career is retired NFL player. So right. what are you going to do? Are you going to move into broadcasting? Are you going to move into investing? Investing. That's what Magic Johnson did. He took mm-hmm. what what money he made. And granted, the NBA players back in the 80s didn't make anywhere near what they're making now. He invested his money. And now he is a he's a billionaire. Now, granted, he can sell the name Magic Johnson, but he invested his money wisely and knew how to grow it. Grow it. I remember Troy Aikman had to go to his financial advisor and ask if he could buy a car, and the financial advisor was like, "Not this year." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> isn't that crazy yeah, yeah. And, and that amazes me too is like the cars that these guys buy for really no reason i mean they're flashy yeah. cars yeah i don't know they're not practical you. at all you're gonna see some cars if i come into some money too so i don't tell you <laughs> like that's, i don't i don't collect a lot of things or whatever but i'll be collecting burnout strips in my driveway that's gonna be dude i'm driving i'm rocking a mommy van so i don't want to hear it well i mean you got a baseball team what do you expect? <laughs> 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 y'all, could, y'all could go play at basketball against yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're doing three and three. We need one more. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I apparently you, with you guys, you just got to wait it out. It probably just happened again. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're done after this. We are. We will be officially done. It, it was funny. Ak was um. I was talking to my wife over there. She was saying how like you know you know you know it would be good to have another one. And I thought nope. about you, and I'm like, nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Hey, one of our classmates, <laughs> one of our classmates had one the year his first son graduated. It's wow. a bit much. No. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's what yeah. he was like. He was like, yeah, so so is pregnant. And I was like, congratulations. He goes, no, I don't say that. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, really? What's wrong? He's like, I just got one out of the house. Dang. Yeah. Well, and that's also the, the, the thing as well is I am not, I don't subscribe to the theory of, well, when you're 18, you need to leave. No, right. No. It all depends. Yeah, it all yeah. depends the situation. You need to be able to sustain yourself. And if if my children want to stay here when they're when they're over eighteen, that's fine. I'm gonna still charge their asses rent, but they they don't have to go out and just conquer the world, you know, not knowing what the hell's going on. Not set up like it was for our parents, that's for sure. No, yeah. you know, and and my wife and I have already talked about it. Is that when our kids are eighteen, nineteen years old, you know, they will they will work, they will have a job, they will probably go to college. It's just kind of where where they want to go, and we will charge them in if they stay here. Now, it will not be an astronomical amount of rent because they're basically renting a bedroom and then shared space, but we'll charge them rent so they understand what bills are like, and we will keep that money for them so when they leave, they would have enough money to put down towards a down payment for a house. Right. And it's kind of building their own equity without officially building their own equity. And I think more parents should do that because you get your your children in the mood of, okay, I've got bills to pay. You know, they're they're affordable bills because that's what people just want nowadays. But I'm in the habit of working to pay my bills and move on. And then when they officially do move out, whether they find somebody or they say, look, I'm sick of you, I'm going to go. Okay, well, if you've been paying 500 bucks a month for rent, in five years, you're going to have close to a down payment for a house. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. So we'll see how it works out. I mean, our, our oldest is 10. So we got some we got a few years to figure it out. I feel you. She's like, that's so. I, I love my daughter, but I'm counting down. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and if she ever hears this, I love you, baby. But yeah, daddy's counting down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. I think of like, all right, so so like I think about the Mannings, right? You know, Peyton and uh, Eli, Arch, stuff. Eli, and yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm so I'm thinking like, okay, so so if you're Archie Manning, right? Like, how do you like how do you get the best out of your sons, right? Because you got one that you know is the one, and you got the other one. You kind of like, all right, Eli, come along. Like, 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 if I if I ever Stop. have a conversation with him, I just want to be able to break down. Like, like, how are you able to get greatness out of both of your sons? Talk shit to the youngest one. Tell him the oldest one's better, and that just starts the fires. Let it go. <laughs> now I got. Now I got to use their logs on. <laughs> well, it's nature versus nurture, okay? And nature blessed them with a lot of talent. So, but he also had to nurture that. I was about to say he had the bank account to like help that along though too. Yeah. Well, go, go yeah. to the proper camps, this, that, and the other. And and that's part of the problem is people don't have the money to be able to improve themselves nowadays, and it's only going to get worse. I mean, a college degree to to improve your weight, your your life that way put you in enough debt that you're going to be paying that off for the rest of your life. You know, you you want to work a trade job? Well, not only do you need to go and get certified and get accredited and all that kind of fun stuff, but you've got to work your way up through that. And Dorian, you know this, it can take five, 10 years just to become really you know, self-sufficient with HVAC or plumbing or electrician, because for absolutely. the first at least five years, you're an apprentice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and you're learning the craft. 
but it's hard and it's hard to live like that. And that's also why I, you know, I'm not going to force my kids out because they need to figure out what they're going, how they're going to pay for everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and also too, like when you speak of, you know, being able to help the kids navigate what they want to do a lot of like like for example um i had a kid i was talking to and the kid was like yeah when i was in eighth ninth grade i thought that i was going to be a mechanical engineer and now i see myself you know working hvac right and and i told him i'm like i'm like what changed he was like reality he said um he said i realized that i can start off making money now with HVAC getting my certification instead of going to school for four to six years and then being in debt and then realizing that, you know, I'm not even find a job I want getting this degree that I have. I'm like, wow, yeah. okay. So, you know, and 100%, if it wasn't for Bright Futures, I would not have gone to college. I wouldn't be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. And my mom flat out said, you will not put yourself into debt to go to college because we, we saw it coming. And that was late nineties when we saw this, this trend coming. And then the problem is, is not only has, a lot of jobs now requiring a degree. So you got demand has skyrocketed up. Mm-hmm. Supply really hasn't changed. Right. There have been really more universities out there. Yes, the universities are expanding, but the supply is about the same. So what happens when demand goes up and supply stays about the same? We've seen it. Prices skyrocket. Right. And that's what's happened to us. And no one's been, no one's capped it because they, right. they don't need to. Right. So, you know, you need this ticket to get in the middle class. Well, I'll just make the ticket more expensive because I know you have to pay it. Yeah. And eventually it's just going to crumble. And that's why I, I wish that we would fund our education system to the point where you can, yes, you can go to college and the college is great for, for some of y'all. It's great. But here are some other trade options that we will Absolutely. train you in and guide you towards in high school, whether that's auto shop, whether that's wood shop, whether that's agriculture, whatever. Here's the basics to understand when you leave, because if you don't even have those in, in high school, when you go to like a Lee Tech, you're not going to know what, what's going on and you're right. going to get lapped by your, by your classmates. And right. when you get into those fields, it is dog eat dog. Absolutely. If you don't know what you're doing, they're going to chew you up and spit you back out. Absolutely. I remember, well, middle school, it was Mr. Potfora. He said, I never forget, he said, if everybody was meant to be computer engineers and doctors, how would you guys be in this class? You know what I'm saying? How would you guys function? Like, like everybody can't be an engineer. Everybody can't be a doctor. Like, we're not meant to be all doing the exact, you know, the exact same thing. No. So you find your niche and you find an alternative to stick with it, you know? And um, and it's and it's true because me, I like, like I told myself when I was in when I was in school or whatever, I was like, well, but if I don't make it in basketball, which reality hit me very quickly in high school <laughs> about basketball, it's like, okay, what else can I do? What else am I good at? What what else is one of the things that I'm interested in? And then and then as and that's when I you know I started doing band because I was like, hey, you know, I'm in the music, maybe I can do the music thing, you know, but that didn't work out. So what, what still, caught up what caught up huh? to you in high school? The fact that you play like a forward or built like a point guard? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like, like, I, I kid you not, bro. Like, we were in basketball camp, and we had went with Leesburg, and we had went to Emory Riddle, right? And we were there, and we thought that, you know, we thought we were hot shit. Like, you know, we, you know, we wait, we made the signal since a uh, six. We were like number four or three in the state, and bro, like, we came across this team. I don't know if this team from somewhere out of state. I don't know if it was Atlanta or what, dude. Their their shortest player was like six four playing point guard. That's why I'm like, yeah, this basketball thing is gonna be a long stretch for me. 
because they had me playing small forward, power forward. And this guy's playing oh. point guard, 6'4", legit 6'4". And that's what, you know, reality set in. Like, yeah. Oh. I <laughs> yeah Why is his arm so long? I don't <laughs> As he's slapping the backboard on yeah. a layup. I go back to what Larry Bird said when he was growing up. He's like, there's always someone better. Always. I have to always improve my game because there's always going to be somebody better. Always. And so Always. Bro, check this out, right? So at that same camp, there was this short, like, uh, kid. With a, uh, it was, uh, he was a Spanish kid, short Spanish kid. And, like, like this this kid can, like, shoot out, lights out, out of the gym, right? And then I was like, wow, that kid is really good. What well, came to find out, like, that kid was the great-grandson of Fidel Castro, right? Oh. And Fidel sent him because they were a Catholic school out of Miami. So Fidel, uh, Fidel sent his his grandkids or whatever to Miami. They grew up in Miami with the best schools, right? And like, I'm like, wow. So apparently this guy had like, the like BJ, you talked about, like he had like access to going to the best camps in Miami yeah. and all this shit. But this kid was like killing it. And I thought that he was going to end up going D1 because this, this kid could really shoot. But um, but he was short. He was like, what, maybe five, seven, you know? And, you know, but it's just like you said, like there's always someone better than you, no matter where mm-hmm. you are, whatever industry you're in, you know? You know, I like to think I'm a good project manager. Like sometimes people tell me I'm not, and that's fine. But there's always going to be a better, a better project manager. There's always going to be someone that just knows their stuff better than me. And that's fine. You know, but find your niche. Find what you specifically are good at. And work on that and do whatever you need to to be better at that. If you if you're really good at just looking at circuits and, and all that, and you want to be an electrician, great. Figure out how to do that. If you're if you just understand plumbing a little bit better than I do, find a way to make a career out of that. Mm-hmm. If you understand how an HVAC system works, great. Find a way. Get connected to people that can help you do that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we we don't all have lottery tickets to professional contracts. Right. We, we just don't. So right. you need to make a connection to find a way to improve the skills that you do have. And right. whether that's networking within your city, whether that's networking out, figure it out. Right. And, and, also, and that, go ahead. No, no, no. I would say too. And also too, like for these, uh, for these young athletes who are exceptional in whatever sport that they play, there's no guarantee that you're going to make it to the next level. I've seen D1 talent not even make it to D1, not even make it to like Division Three. Yeah. So it's like always have a backup like, okay, just in case this basketball, this football shit doesn't work out, what else am I good at? What else I can do? Because, man, I come across kids all the time, especially you know, speaking to them like, hey, you know, what, what are you going to do when, you're, when you're, we get out of high school? Oh, well, I'm going to college. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to a scholarship. Do you have a scholarship yet? No. There's still guarantee, bro. That's getting scholarship. So yeah. what else is there? You know, having realistic conversations with these kids, man. And again, it's it's these kids working with people that, they will, you know, I know we've talked about this earlier, will sit them down and give them the hard truth, but right. all also give them a path to go forward absolutely you know and and understanding okay these are the these are the concrete steps you need to take to move forward to your point oh i'm gonna get a scholarship okay how i thought of scholarship are you sure okay and if that doesn't work what's your backup plan Mm -hmm. well it's uh okay well okay now i know you don't have one Let's figure this out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there's always going to be somebody better. And those teams that might give you a scholarship, they might find a couple other players elsewhere that are better than you. Right. Okay, fine. What do you get to do after that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh I think for the most part, like the kids nowadays, they're like start to kind of like figure it out. Well, what I mean by that is like they're like 
they have access to social media and internet shit like that so they can go on and see oh you know what i can make money doing you know other stuff compared to to where we were coming up like they were drilling like okay the the future is information technology so you need to do something in computers you know i remember uh certain teachers were saying you know you know you want to be good with teachers i mean with, with computers you want to be good with typing because that's where you know the industry is going right which that led to this gap to now when it comes to um trades and shit like that you got that gap to where you got individuals who's about to retire and then you got the younger generation who's just getting into that trade so it's going to be a while before they get trained up and then be able to function yeah the, the the problem is not the kids now right the problem is the past generation it was right. the kids when we were growing up right. is where did those kids go Right. And there, there hasn't been a consistent flow. I think, I think you're right. I think the kids now are starting to hear their parents talk and go, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. How can I make this work? Because this doesn't work. Right. So they're finding other solutions, whether it's social media, whether it's getting out there and just talking with people. But the problem is there's such a deficit with these trade skill jobs that it's going to take a generation to just get back to even. So BJ, I know you've got the game in the back. Who's who's leading now? The uh, Bucks are up by two. Ooh. And it was just six. It goes back to what you said. It's a, it's a game of runs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. I was going to say uh, the Olympics is starting, I think, this weekend. Is this Olympics the same. I think next week. Yeah, or next week, man. Um, okay. Those changes I, that the USA team made. Yeah, there. I've got. I've got to say this. I've got to say this on record. There are not anti-sex beds at the Olympic Village. They have regular <laughs> beds. It's not cardboard. They have, <laughs> the Olympians can have sex as much as they want. Probably sure because of COVID, but they not, they don't have the anti-sex beds that were being reported from earlier. I, I, I got one thing we can talk about the Olympics real quick. I dare you to find me one instance of anybody talking about Team USA adding JaVale McGee except this podcast right here. Yeah. Feel free. You won't. Feel free. Search to your heart's content. <laughs> You'll find nothing uh, before last Tuesday of that being said. Nope. So either we're just that much better than everybody else, or they listened to us and didn't give us credit for it and took our idea. It's obviously the second one. (laughs) (laughs) So, and on that mic drop note, I think we're, we're going to wrap it up for tonight. So gentlemen, this has been Sandlot Sports. Want more Sandlot Sports? Just follow us on Facebook at Sandlot Sports or on Twitter at Sandlot Sports 2020.